to Ouija Broads. This is Liz. This is Devin. You didn't do a slate, my friend. Oh, I didn't. Okay, no. let's do one now. Three, okay. two, one. That's good. The slate is my favorite part. <laughs> I'm sorry I left it out. I don't know. I think I was just so busy yelling about work that I assumed we had already done it. <laughs> that's what that's like. Nope. Nope. Just you being mad. Just me being mad. All right. What I have for you today is an Oregon story. Okay. I felt like we hadn't done Oregon in a little bit. I love Oregon. I like to shake it up. I like to do some things that we haven't done in a while. And then, of course, I think that we're doing that. And then I look and I'm like, we just did like eight ghosts in a row. That happens. Um, Whatevs. It happens. I think you're very equitable. You always try to make sure that we hit every place that we consider Pacific Northwest, as well as all the genres we cover in a good rotation. I try. Whereas, yeah, I'm just like, animals, 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 ghost. More animals, <laughs> animals, animals, another ghost. But you're so good at it. I love those ones. Well, I thought since we had had so much uplifting stuff, maybe I could get <gasps> away with a ghost that was the result of a murder. Counter. Think we could handle that? I think so. Okay. Fuck. Let me get a seatbelt on this chair, though. All right. Yeah. Shake your shoulders out. Take a deep breath. It's okay. It happened a long time ago, if that helps. All right. But I'm just worried that I'm real close to Oregon, and what if the ghost is still there? What if it's going to get me? It's getting dark out, Liz. We're recording this at night. How far can ghosts travel from where they haunt? Well, it depends, I guess. It, yeah, because if they're a train ghost, pretty far. Exactly. <laughs> Precisely. So I'm not sure what you're going to tell me. I'm just going to I'm just going to buckle in and not look out the dark, scary window that's over here to my left and yeah. listen to your sultry voice. <laughs> it's so sultry. I just got over one cold and I'm starting another cold. And uh-huh. I burned a bunch of twigs today because we had our trees worked on. So really just hitting all the the best things to do for somebody who has an important thing to do with their voice in their life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. What I want to tell you about was the Witch's Castle at McClay Park. What the fuck is this? <laughs> I love has, castle stories. We haven't done a castle yeah. in a while. God <laughs> damn. But it's got like all the words that I Google search. This should have come up in my, my <laughs> search history. How do I not know about this? It may sound more familiar as I get into it, but okay. we'll see. So... Near downtown Portland, just to the west. Oh, that's another reason why I want to do this one is because I like trying to do ones where people can actually go there. Yeah. And sometimes it's like this place is long gone or it's private property or there's nothing to see. This, you can straight up go. So if you go to Forest Park, which is a 5,000 acre park just west of downtown Portland. Fuck. It's extending for eight miles along the Willamette. It's the largest urban forest in the United States. So it's reserved. It's Portland can't expand and take over that. There's just this gigantic forested park. It has more than gentrification. Take that. This is for deer. (laughs) Raccoons. And some squirrels, even though Liz hates them. (laughs) Well, They're okay there. Just stay out of my dumpster. That goes for everybody. (laughs) McClay Park has 70 miles of trails, which is pretty impressive to me. Oh, my God. 
Yeah. But this one, you don't have to hike all day. You basically go for a mile on this one trail that's called the Lower McClay Trail, also known as the Balch Creek Trail. And you will see on a hill a stone building that is weathered. It has gray stones covered in moss There's just spaces where the windows were. It is, the structure is still there, but basically you can like walk through the doorway. You can see through the windows. There's no roof. Oh, cool. There's an upper level and a lower level. Oh, wow. It's all deteriorated and it is known as the witch's castle. Mm. Yeah. So it's said... That there's strange occurrences in this area. Of course. Of course So, like, mm, orbs. Like, you can definitely get some good orb photographs there, like you can most places that aren't, like, paved. Uh (laughs) (laughs) That you can get anywhere where there's a slight amount of dust in the air and refractable light. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've seen a couple of photos of orb, you know, purported orbs where I'm like, oh, that actually looks like it has its own luminescence that, you know, that looks kind of legit. I wouldn't just say that's light reflecting off dust, but those are few and far between. Yeah. If if you were going to get real orbs, it is going to be around a place called a witch's castle, though. So I buy that. (laughs) Yes, it has. It reminds me a little bit of the thousand steps in that it Mm -hmm. has like a lot of of different things attached to it it actually has its own steps that lead up and of course it's in this wet portland forest so of course they're all mossed over and eerie looking too sure some people say you can actually see apparitions that seem to be fighting with each other oh some people say that it is a site for rituals Mm, of Satanic course. Satanic rituals Boo. or mm, maybe human sacrifice or boo. the bad kind of witchcraft. Super boo. There's the story that sometimes people who have come here at night have disappeared mm. and eventually been found wandering on the park trails completely bewildered having lost their minds i think probably not but there is a lot of creepy graffiti because it's pretty heavily vandalized and i should say some people say as in northwestern ghosts and hauntings.blogspot.com i got hammered here all the time with my buddies as do many high school kids it's not haunted sorry (laughs) or this other one i like dude i was there friday night there were tons of spirits there if you know what i mean huge party spot oh my god (laughs) oh my god but then there's other people saying i've got evps there i've been pushed and touched by an entity there's weird stuff that you can pick up even though there's no electricity in the area okay yeah oh i like this one this sounds weird but i think i keep traveling here in my dreams i finally looked it up and found this building i have been to portland but not to this place so people are all over the place as to whether it's totally normal place where you just go to like smoke weed and spray paint your high school's mascot on stuff yeah 
or whether it's obviously hugely full of ghosts and bad energy and warring spirits and stuff. But yeah, what we always like to do on Ouija Broads is say, okay, so that's what people say they're experiencing. Presuming the ghosts mm-hmm. are real. Yes. What happened on this spot that would make that happen? Yeah. So remember how I said this was Balch Creek Trail? Yes. And what's it also called? Sorry, the park? Uh, that's McClay? Forest Park. And then it's Lower McClay Trail. Lower McClay Trail. Thank yeah. you. Balch think, Creek Trail or Lower McClay Trail? I think basically it's a couple of parks that got merged. So sometimes oh, yeah. they also just call it McClay Park. No fucking wonder the spirits are fighting. It's a turf war. Confusing. So okay. confusing. In the very early days of settlement in Portland, before this was on the border of Portland, it was owned by a man named Danford Balch. This was okay. in the 1850s. So Danford came out here on the Oregon Trail with oh. his wife, Mary Jane, and they had nine kids. It Holy was kind shit. of a, like, Brady Bunch situation where it was, like, some of her kids from her first marriage and some of his kids. I don't know if they had kids together as well, but they had a lot of kids. Okay. A lot of kids, man. Nine is a lot. They <laughs> they had a cabin, as you do in oh, Oregon I, trail I hope days. a big one. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Like, the Shining Lodge type, like, more <laughs> <laughs> of a hotel. Oh, man. <laughs> Just a little None this Brady Bunch three-bedroom bullshit for nine people? No. <laughs> well, they moved out there, and they had 350 acres of land. All right. Which is hefty. Yeah. And they were working on, quote-unquote, civilizing it, right? So the family sure. is settling in. They're doing the settler thing. They're going to sell some of this timber. They're going to clear some of this land for crops. Mm-hmm. And Danford, who sometimes in the record you'll find as Danforth, because spelling oh. was just whatever you wanted it to be in the 19th century. Y- yep. You yep. just get the first three letters right, and the rest <laughs> is a grab bag. Yep. So in October 1858... They are clearing land, and the nine kids, the oldest one is 15, and she's a daughter. So he didn't have the seven brides for seven brothers, like, I've got a bunch of young men who I I can just, like, distribute to this task. I need to get some outside help. So there was another family nearby whose name was Stump. Not why Portland is called Stumptown, but apt somehow. I guess. Apropos. Apropos. And so he hires the son from that family, who they're technically in Vancouver, Washington, because it's like, it's all a big Mm, whatever. Like, I understand why they made the river the division of the state, but it's it's pretty arbitrary. Yeah. So he gets Mortimer Stump, who I'm not sure how old he is. He's pretty young. Yes, Mortimer is young. (laughs) Oh my God. Danford and Mortimer. I'm just not into these names, but please continue. I'll try to get down with Mortimer and Danford. Yes. I'll try to be more charitable here. You can do it. You can envision Danford is like a Pa Ingalls wearing his flannel shirt, clearing the land, head of the household. And Mortimer is the young guy from the next household over who comes over. And so I'm, I'm unclear as to whether he was like an older teenager or in his early 20s. But... 
Anything goes. Age. Yeah, who knows? When we're what marrying off dates? our oldest daughter. Yeah. Oh, you see where we're going with this. I do, but tell yes. me anyway. Well, so Mortimer moved in with the family because obviously he wasn't going to commute from Vancouver. That wasn't super convenient. And he became smitten, as they say, with Anna, who's the 15-year-old daughter. And Anna is likewise smitten with him. And Mortimer goes to Danford. <laughs> what? Wish he's the only man around who isn't related to her, so of <laughs> course she is. Right? She's like, wow, you sure look like not my family. <laughs> exactly. I your love the way you're not my stepfather. That's cool. I, I know, right? I love the way you're not my weird Greg Brady and I'm your Marsha and we're going to have some erotic tension here. <laughs> New oh. genetics, yes, please. Sorry, go ahead, Anna. You are like so far ahead of me in the story that it's awesome. Oh, so man. there's this reciprocal positive energy, no big barriers, and of course, as we know from like the Mercer Bells and so forth, you kind of needed to lock that shit down. Yeah, it's not like he could wait in like five years and come back when Anna was twenty. Like she no. would have been long gone, long yeah. gone. Of marriage or diphtheria, who knows? Yeah, <laughs> say typhoid is not just yeah. a name. A log fell on her. A lot of things can happen. Uh, Bride of the Sasquatch, that's a perennial issue. No, <laughs> but, it is. Wow. But Mortimer goes to Danford and says, hello, I'd like to marry Anna, please. Mm-hmm. And Danford says, absolutely not. You are my what? employee. So <gasps> apparently they're what? out in the middle of nowhere. Like, they, all these families have come out on the Oregon Trail, but apparently Danford, with his weird little Brady Bunch accidental cult compound, uh-huh. is like, no, <laughs> I'm your social superior. Oh, my God. It's like, how do you figure? Like, we all wear underwear oh that has two buttons on the back so we can poop out the butt. Right? Like, right. where are you coming up with this? <laughs> how are you my social superior in any sense, my dude? Neither of us have seen sugar in three years. I don't know where he's coming up with any of this. You and your butt flap britches better get off your high horse. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. So Danford is having none of it. And it's not just that they're like, oh, okay, well, this will be awkward for a week. He is like, and you're fired and you don't live here anymore. Yeah. And... You know what is amazing is Mortimer didn't go, oh, well, I tried. He and Anna, of course, elope. Oh, saw that one coming. Right. So in November, on November 4th, Anna and Mortimer move back in with his family. Because his family (laughs) is not being so weird about this. No, I'm sure his family's happy to have a strapping young lad back on the fucking homestead to fight wolverines and plow fucking land. And now they got themselves a housemaid. Yeah, yeah, better than nothing. She's there. The stumps. Good job. Let me read you what Danford said about the night he came home and found that Anna had run away to marry Mortimer. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can I I guess some of the words? Go for it. Yeah, there, there has it has to be. If he thinks he is so fucking good with his little butt flat britches, like you pointed out, like he shits in a hole in the ground then there's got to be some kind of effusive flowery language, right? Like, he talks about his heart being besieged or about the, not, what's a fancy word for double cross or for being, you know, maligned by, by, anyway, I just, I, in my head, it is this, like, 
winter's evening, 7 p.m. I sit and stare at the flames of mine fire. And then he talks shit. No, please tell me. Okay. The night I came home and found the girl gone, it struck a pain to my heart like a knife cutting me. I ate a little supper and went to bed, but did not sleep a wink all night. In the morning, at once after getting up, I started for town, and it seemed as if my stomach would burst from anxiety and grief, which were more than I can express. Oh, God. Which, like, dude, your 15-year-old stepdaughter got married and moved out. This is a massive overreaction. Right? Right? This is trending into, like, you were using her as backup wife in case your second, presumably, wife maybe died of a snake bite. Thank you! Yeah, so there's at least one historian, Diane Gores Gardner, who says, This sounds like a man describing the loss of his lover, not his daughter. Yo, And it. I'm not trying to make assertions about a dynamic that obviously I have no more information about than I have told you. Yeah. But suffice to say, he did not take it well. (laughs) He's not good with it. He'd already been drinking heavily for several years before this went down. So I'm sure that really contributed to Anna's readiness to get the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah, GTFOs, right. Yeah. So, okay. Oh, that's right. So they elope to Vancouver on November 4th. And on November 18th, they take the ferry. So there's a ferry that goes back and forth from Vancouver to Portland at this time. I don't remember if there still is. I think there's just a bridge. Yeah, now it's the Bridge of the Gods or whatever that is, right? Mm -hmm. I think so. I don't know. So when they go into Portland to get supplies, they run into Danford. Oh, no. Danford is drunk. Yeah. Danford says... You need to come home with me, Anna. And she says, no, I'm not. I'm a married woman now. Like, Mm -hmm. I I live in Vancouver. I'm not coming back to our weird cabin on 350 acres of nothing. I'm good. (laughs) Pass. Hard pass, pass, Danforth. Like. (laughs) And then, here are some more good names for you. So Mortimer's dad is with them. Mortimer's dad is named Cuthbert. Cuthbert Stump. (laughs) And what Cuthbert Stump has to say to Danforth, because all of these sound like, like I'm kind of drunk. Like yeah, Cuthbert and Danforth and Mortimer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're having a big fight on the street in front of God and everybody. And here's what yes. Cuthbert thinks will like soothe the waters of this dynamic. He oh, says, man. you're making a great fuss about your child. She's an ordinary little bitch. I don't know what oh. the hell you want with her. Oh, good, good move, Cuthbert. Way to de-escalate. Wow, buddy. That's gasoline on the fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not a helpful move. Not Not a helpful move. So, that confrontation was witnessed by a lot of people. Because they're right in downtown. They're in front of, like, one of the few stores that's in town. It's owned by... The sheriff at the time, and who's also the former mayor, because there's like seven people. Yeah, who I was going to say to do that because like only white dudes of a certain age and education, and they're just yeah. like, I don't know, you want to be mayor this year? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who was it? Jimmy Carter or whatever had to sell his peanut farm, but apparently this guy can be sheriff and Sears and Roebuck. It was a part-time gig. Yeah, <laughs> the gig sheriffing. Economy. 
Yeah. The original gig economy. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, Oregon's not even really, like, a state at this point. I think it's, like, either about to become a state or has just been a state. Right. Let me I see specifically. I would have said it was 1859. When did Oregon become? Okay, yes. Oregon became a state on February 14th, 1859. Oh! You oh, fucking yeah. nailed it. How did you know that? I so don't Oregon know. Is like a couple months out from becoming a state when this happens. Okay. And. Well, yeah, it's because the Cuthberts and the Danforths and the Morty Pies of the world are all fucking fighting over an ordinary bitch, apparently. Yeah, apparently Portland is just like four giant lots of land with a cabin each. Mm-hmm. Like, that's mm-hmm. my best guess. And a, and a shop. And a shop. <laughs> it's, how, it's how we play Risk. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I'm going to put one dude on all of Kamchatka. <laughs> yeah. Hold it down there, Trevor. You're doing fine, Keith. <laughs> Hold down Kamchatka for me. <laughs> so that whole, like, she's an ordinary bitch, that kind of ends the discussion for the time being. <laughs> Dan, I don't yeah. know what you can say to that, because it's such like a, you're getting hit from like a bunch of directions, where it's like, <laughs> you're mad because they took her, and you want her back, Yeah, but they're putting her down, but also yeah. they won't give her back. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. I don't know what thing to argue with exactly. first. Yeah. I, I, no, yes, no. Yeah. Yes, she and is. I- give her back. <laughs> no, she's not. Fuck you. Like, I don't even know what you're supposed to say. <laughs> like in Futurama, she does not look good for a truck stop girl. Like, <laughs> yeah. How, how? I don't know She's how. no ordinary bitch. <laughs> yeah. She's my extraordinary bitch. I love that album. Okay. <laughs> so, so Danforth, if you're Danforth, what you do is you're waiting for like, the the right thing to say to come to you and you go and drink in the meantime you go home and you drink a lot and according to some people your wife also really hypes you up and this is a key part of marriage for me is having somebody who you go home and you're like guess what this fucko did and they're like what did that fucko do like there's automatically on your side and you're like i don't have to be fair and balanced about this I'm in privacy my own home, and I'm just going to tell the version of this story where I did everything right, and they did everything wrong, and we could all agree that I'm awesome, and everybody should listen to me. Yeah. So I imagine that's the discussion that they have. Mm -hmm. Which, in fairness, if if anybody went home and said, so I ran into the in-laws, and what they have to say about our daughter is that she's an ordinary little bitch, and they don't know why the hell we want her back. Yeah. I feel like there's a good starting point that's probably going to keep you busy conversationally for a while. Totally. There's a lot you can say, man. Yeah. So, he's at home. He comes back to town. He comes back to town to catch up with the stumps. So, we've got Cuthbert and Mortimer and now Anna Balch Stump. I guess. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if she hyphenated. I don't, I, I don't know how she saw this. Neither uh, one of those names is good, so I hope she just whacked them both off and just went by Anna. Balch stomp. Nope. <laughs> and he comes back, and he has his double-barreled shotgun. Ooh, and he one for each of them. up with them. Yes. And they are getting back on the ferry to go home to Vancouver. So they are, like, so close to getting literally out of the state where this guy is drunk and belligerent. Yeah. He shoots Mortimer. 
in the head and kills him. Both barrels basically takes his head off, according to some of the resources that I looked at. Yeah. Uh, Witnesses confirm he was extremely drunk. Yeah. Good shot. Yeah, well, I mean, it was pretty much point blank is the problem. Wait, no, I think that's like a term of art. I don't know what point blank means, but basically it was right there. It was extremely close range because they were all on this ferry, which I don't imagine was like one of those big ferries that like you drive a bunch of cars onto. I'm pretty sure it was like some logs. Yeah, it's it's the Mark Twain kind of ferry. It's a raft. Uh Yeah, it's a raft. So... People grab him because it's not that much of a Wild West, right? right. Like, they're like, uh, excuse me, you just decapitated that man. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's not allowed. Like, you can't just do that. And yeah. they have a, a rental building that they're using as a jail. Oh, Lord. Now, what's complicated about this is because of the whole Kamchatka situation, as previously discussed, they don't exactly have, like, a smooth-running justice system that can Mm -hmm. process this guy there is no night court there is no day court (laughs) they have what's called the assizes method which is basically there's a traveling judge who rides the circuit and when he comes to town he just handles all the cases at once and then you just have to wait till he comes around again oh wow yep oh i'm glad we're out of that system yeah yeah so they have to keep this guy in jail for a long time. He, okay. <laughs> well, he can sober like, up. Yeah, there you go. So it's November when he shoots Mortimer. Yeah. They ha- they're like, oh, shit, we got to hold on to this guy until spring when the judge no, comes back. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so naturally, he escaped. Of course. And of course, where does they're he in go? a rental building. Yeah, exactly. It's probably like, now, do you promise not to leave? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to shut this door. Yeah. We gotta leave it cracked, because the cat likes to come and go. (laughs) You gonna be here when we come back? Yeah. Where else you gonna go, Danforth? And of course, I mean, he is like the cat. Like, he goes straight home. Yeah. That's all that occurs to him to do. Yeah, Which, I guess, I I mean, who's he gonna go to? I don't know if he has any friends. He can't go to the stumps. No. So he goes straight back (laughs) home. Which, I mean, it helps that he has a 350-acre forest. Like, he probably is going to hide successfully there more than we could in, like, a split-level suburban (laughs) thing. (laughs) In my townhouse, I have three levels. Thanks very much, Liz. (laughs) I do have a lot of good hiding places. (laughs) Well, I I did before I gained all this weight. Now I can't fit under the beds anymore. My whole escape strategy relies on people not knowing I have a second staircase. I mainly wow. use it to startle house guests, but... Wow. The one in your kitchen that you can pop out of, like, so much kitchen help? Exactly. Yeah, the staircase yeah. for the help. Because yeah. even though this house is, like, tiny, apparently needed two staircases. Two I staircases. I think that's great for fire egress. It's good for fire egress. It's going to be great when we turn this place into our Ouija Broads Museum, because that mm-hmm. means that it'll be, like, up to code, although I don't know how yeah. the hell we're going to get it ADA compliant. And it also facilitates a lot of great, like, French farce-type situations, where oh, you're wonderful. trying to tell somebody something as you come up, and they're going down, and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot mm-hmm. of doors slamming, and the it's The jangling great. music, and I can see it now. It's wonderful. Just a straight-up Frasier episode. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm having a lot of fun. I'm having yeah, fun with tell. this episode. I I'm enjoying tell. this. You're enjoyable, my dear. Oh, I love you. I love you. So it's at least one thing says that they think he actually tried to fake his own death. Because there's allegedly, and it wasn't in the newspapers I have access to, but, you know, that's some old-ass newspapers. There's not a lot that remains. Uh, Allegedly, at one point, Mary Jane rolls up into town because they have a drowning victim, and she says, oh, yeah, that's totally my husband. (laughs) What? Come on, Mary Jane. Come on, Mary Jane. And then who is this dude who's lurking? Outside your cabin. I don't know. (laughs) Do you know him? I don't know him. Never seen him before. Weird. It's almost like we have eight kids together. (laughs) So. We we had another kid, didn't you know? (laughs) Keith. That's Keith. (laughs) So the police find him eight months later. So they capture him in the fall. He's supposed to go to trial in the spring. They grab him in the summer. And it finally goes to trial. Okay. And the trial is, of course, as much of a mess as you would expect. Because oh, what it's a not shit like. Show. I know. Like, there's nothing else to do. Yeah. So everybody who wants to see it is rolling up. Yeah. Uh, he, in an exciting twist, is shocked that he's in trouble. For real? <laughs> he's like, I'm defending my property. Ooh. I do not understand. Why I'm in trouble for defending my property. He feels that everything he did was completely justified. Wow. There's a lot of witnesses who are around to say, okay, two things have happened a lot before the crime happened. Yeah. One is that this dude sat around in bars a lot talking about how he was going to kill Mortimer. Okay. And the other is that his wife would hang around with him and bug him to do that. No. <laughs> Which is not a great look for either of them. <laughs> wow, if you're going to premeditate, you you just keep that in your head. You yeah, don't put I'm it like, in your journal, dude, your Facebook. You it's not like they, a bar. they walked past your window. Like, oh my God. You had to make an effort to be someplace <laughs> people could overhear you right? in Portland in the 1850s. Right? Right? You had 350 other acres you could have gone to and said yeah. whatever the fuck and they never would have known. Mm-hmm. Come on now, Danford. Yeah. Well, Danford says, I have never seen these people before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you probably saw them twice because you were so fucking drunk you were outside. Exactly. <laughs> He's got a barrel for each of them. He's got a barrel for each of them. <laughs> what they do... With this, he becomes, because he's dragged it out so long, you know, while he was running around doing whatever in the woods, Oregon became a state. Mm -hmm. So Danforth goes on the record books as the first person to be executed in the state of Oregon. There you go, Danford. So they hang him by the neck until dead. Okay. 600 people show up. Fuck. Naturally. Natch. (laughs) But the one that everybody focuses on being there is Anna. Is it? Oh, oh, I wanted to know this. Completely dry-eyed. Yeah. With her in-laws. Yeah. And they watch him die. Cold. 
eight, October 18th, 1859, 10 months to the day after he takes off Mortimer's head with his double-barreled shotgun, Balch is hanged okay. in front of these people who they deprived of their son and husband, respectively. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck. There was a reporter there from the Portland Oregonian who was real upset about Anna being there and not crying. Here's what he had to say. Well, I'm assuming it's a he. I think I'm, I'm pretty safe in that one. It's yeah, 1858. No, 1859. Okay. The idea of a daughter by her own volition attending the execution of a father upon a gallows is a disgrace to the intelligence of the age and to every principle of filial affection manifested or exhibited by every species of the brute creation in the sea or upon the earth. So apparently, like, mermaids are included in this. Yeah, well... <laughs> the fact is of a character that we cannot pass unnoticed and must meet with a surprise reprobation and detestation of the whole community. <laughs> so what the reporter thinks the real takeaway from this is, man, that Anna. That Anna. What's her problem? <laughs> How fucking it, dare she want justice for her husband? Yeah, it's like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, why is she not crying? Was it the part where he like tried, literally tried to treat her like a piece of property? Yeah, or the part where he exploded her husband's entire skull next to her? Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> or whatever was going on with that weird possessive dynamic, which right. I'll, not a good look. No, I just totally don't know. Not. But not I'm sorry. a great look. Captain Incest went and pulled a Lee Harvey Oswald on this poor woman like 150 years before Lee Harvey Oswald was a thing, and she's not supposed to cry when he dies. Yeah, yeah. She's supposed to be like, oh well. What's Aww. really sad is that this guy that I met when I was like mm, 13 and then murdered my husband two years later is just such a bummer the way that he's gonna die. Yeah, this I'm sucks. Really, really, real torn up about this. Yeah, oh, I can't. I don't know. Like, was it the reporter's first day? Like, did they they just oh, got yeah. there, yeah. and all they know is they're like sitting there with their little pad of paper, and they're like, "Who's this guy? Oh, he's getting hanged for murder." And who's she over there? Oh, that's his daughter. Oh, she's not even sad. Oh, oh shit, deadline. Okay. Oh, let's just <laughs> print it. No, he sounds like fucking organs first incel. Congratulations, reporter. Yeah, that's the incident. And as usual, there's like a concrete incident, which okay. is fairly well attested yeah. in the historical record. There's all the stories on the other end. And then there's like everything that happens in between. Mary Jane, for whatever reason, when... Her will was read when she passed Wait, away. Who's Mary Jane? Oh, the mother. And the mother. Sorry, I was. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. When the mother passes away, she leaves her property to none of the children. Yo, bitch, mm. move, MJ. <laughs> she ends up not leaving it to any of the kids. There's some people who want to go back and say, "Oh, she's the witch." Oh. I've never seen anything that convinces me that Danforth tried this, but some people say that he claimed that she bewitched him to kill Mortimer. Okay. And I'm like, that doesn't concur at all to me with the defense he actually took. Right. 
Right. Yeah, it sounds like he was totally like, yeah, I did it because I wanted to. Yeah. That's (laughs) enough. That's allowed. Gentlemen of the jury, would you like to not have this option if your 15-year-old stepdaughter you're creepily involved with (laughs) happened to marry somebody? Where does it end? Where does it end? (laughs) (laughs) So it passes through a bunch of people's hands. And in 1897, it ends up with this guy named Donald McClay. Okay. Who's got a chunk of the former Balch property. Oh. And he's pissed off because they're charging him taxes on it. And he literally is like, okay, this is a hillside with a bunch of trees. I cannot get money out of it, but I have to pay money for it. I don't care for that. Portland, you have it. And that's how they got <laughs> McClay Park. <laughs> I mean <laughs> It's kind of a spite park <laughs> It is a spite park I kind of like the pettiness of it Like the, yeah. I don't want to pay taxes on it Here city you pay taxes Yeah you, or you use it. taxes to take care of it You know what I mean You throw this away You throw this away is right <laughs> He actually had an interesting requirement Let me see if I can find this here Well, one of the things that he asked when he donated the property is that it be accessible to wheelchairs, which is, you know, it's what, 1897 or so. So it's a hot hundred years before the ADA. So I found that intriguing because of the whole day job thing. Yeah. And it becomes a part of the Portland Park system. Other properties in that area get donated, so it kind of gets combined okay. into Forest Park. Now, significantly, they lived in a log cabin. Yeah. The Witch's yeah. Castle is a stone building. I, so how do we get a stone building there? Thank you. Well, I will tell you. It's all the stones they picked up off the trails that were in the way of wheelchairs. And they put them into a castle. I don't know why. I've ran out. I just, all I can think of is like, this is awesome. I'm super glad with how progressive he is. Museum people, you can't take a gift for your, this is why you have collection policies that don't allow you to take a gift that have restrictions on them. Because you're looking at this part going, how the fuck do we get wheelchairs in here? (laughs) It is 1900, my friend. These are not cool new four-wheel ATV wheelchairs. These are those old, like, wicker porch chairs that somebody put spindly little ass wheels on. The fuck do we do? Good question. So I have read two versions of when that structure came into play. Okay. But let me see first. I don't like to give you too many puzzles, but... Imagine, let's let's put ourselves in the Spokane setting. Let's say that we're in a park. We're in Manitou. Yeah. We're in Lincoln Park. Yeah. What are the buildings that are built in those parks? Oh, they're, um, yeah, they're bathrooms. Nailed it. The Witch's Castle is a bathroom. Fuck. <laughs> a two-story bathroom. Yep. We are living high and mighty from the days of flat pants shitting in the woods on stuff, my friend. <laughs> oh, progress marches on. This is a commode with an abode. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> a big hand with a plan. Die. <laughs> okay, so 
I'm unclear from these resources whether it was built in the 30s or the 50s, but okay. somewhere in that window, yeah. they built a ranger station, kind of just like a, you know, let's keep our shit in here. Oh, yeah. Not literally, but also it was mainly a bathroom. <laughs> and in 1962, there was a big storm and it was heavily damaged and they didn't bother to repair it. So, from 1962 until now, it becomes the party hangout, it gets mossy, it gets graffiti, and it becomes known somehow, probably high school students, I'm gonna guess, as the Witch's Castle. The Witch's Castle. So I love that because I'm fairly sure everyone who decided it was spooky worked (laughs) backward from it looking spooky. Yeah! So the entire story of murder, potential incest, a daughter watching her father hanged from the neck until dead with dry eyes, fucking nothing to do with this. <laughs> it's just a spooky ass former shit house. Exactly and that's good enough for us. <laughs> I love this story. It's my favorite quote in the world. Oh my god. I mean, alternately, if I'm going to put on my other more open-minded hat, potentially this building attracted the spirits who are always in conflict and at war, even though neither of them died there, because all this bad stuff happened and also a building was built on it that happened to look spooky, but it's legitimately haunted because bad shit went down. (sighs) <sighs> I mean, that's another way that could happen. Sure. <laughs> the sure list, that's another way that could happen. Sure, I'm just trying to be fair. <laughs> Someone said dookie, but they heard spooky, and it just became this terrible game of telephone. <laughs> In which teenagers were like, fucking witch lived there. And you've got one of them going, no, no, man, I heard on this podcast, it used to be an outhouse. (laughs) No, no, bro, it couldn't be that. (laughs) And that's when you're like, okay, how do I recover? Uh, Satanic, Satanist, Satanist did did spells there. Look, there's still blood. I think that might be spray paint. No, dude. No, dude. No. Definitely blood. Fucking sacrifice. Mm Mm-hmm. I was really excited I had known about the story for a while, so most of my resource here is Weird Oregon. Okay. But then I also have some other links that I will actually try to put up. I'm actually trying to get the show notes back together because I'm trying to transfer them from WordPress. It's hard. I'm, I have a lot happening. You have but, a lot happening. <laughs> but Weird Oregon was the main source for this, and I loved this because it has many components that I like. It has an actual historical thing of the first man to be executed in Mm -hmm. the state of Oregon. Mm -hmm. But then it also has a magical haunted toilet. (laughs) And you don't usually get both of those in one story. (laughs) No. No. And it's only a mile walk, apparently. (laughs) So I super want to go next time we're in Portland. I want to see this thing. (laughs) 
It also <laughs> makes me want to like just start building stuff in parks. Like oh. it's like it's like seeding a coral reef. You know how sometimes they like deliberately yeah. like sink a yacht or whatever because yep. they're yep. like yes, and then all the little corals will grow on it. Yep. That's what you get when you abandon a property in a forest park. <laughs> You come back in 50 years and there's going to be so much ghost on that. So much ghost all up on that. <laughs> they love it. It's their habitat. <laughs> They're drawn to it. Oh, oh, can you and I please build a little structure in Lincoln Park and then let's mm-hmm. just wait. Let's just... How many people can we get that haven't listened to this episode that contact <laughs> us? And they're like, did you know about this? <laughs> yeah, well, all I'll say is Lydia is kind of outgrowing her playhouse. Ugh. So I feel like if we, if she ever loses interest in it and we put in like a solid day and like get some yeah. sandpaper, yeah. rough it up, yeah. carve some like spooky things in it, yeah. we can put that in the back of a Ford and... Yep. Find some good place to put that. Yeah. Farragut Park Lookout. Yeah. I don't think it's considered littering when we're doing it for a podcast. Yeah. It's both art and science. Uh, yeah. It is an installation. Hello. We it's are. It's also conservation. <laughs> like, it's not littering when you put a birdhouse on a tree. Yeah. Right. We're seeding the fucking coral reef with our shitter. Get we're with not it. Lawyers. <laughs> Don't do these things. Probably. (laughs) No, do do them. Absolutely do them. And my defense will be the same as Danforth's, basically, which is like, yeah, it was a good idea. (laughs) Duh. Yeah, or the combined thing of what he actually did and what people thought later, which is, I didn't do it. If I did do it, I had a good reason, and if I didn't have a good reason, a witch made me do it. (laughs) Tell me what situation you can't walk out of with those defenses. I mean. I mean. (laughs) Oh, I'm putting that on a cake for you one day. Yeah, I want a cake and maybe like a, I, I want to put it on um, like a motivational quote, like over yeah. a beautiful picture of like a sunrise over a mountain. Oh, I didn't man. do it. If I did do it, I had a good reason. If I didn't have a good reason, a witch made me do it. <laughs> Buy that poster. Yeah. <laughs> Coming soon to our store. <laughs> so that's the story of the witch's castle in McClay oh. Park. And also Forest Park. It's a park within a park. It's a park within a park. And it's a toilet within a castle. Yeah. There you go. I mean, I don't think there's actually literally any toilets left, but also if you have a bunch of drunk toilets... <laughs> a drunk, drunk toilets? <laughs> drunk toilets. <laughs> Tell me If more. you have a bunch of drunk teenagers anywhere, everything's a toilet. So... That's <laughs> <laughs> fucking gross. Close enough. Close enough. What All a right. wonderful story. I want to go see it someday. Yeah. I want people to join us on social media. 
I want them to come to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, look for the Ouija Broads, come to OuijaBroads.com. Just yesterday, when I'm recording this, I put up the Ouija Broads Guide to Badass Women of the Northwest. Because it's Women's History Month, and I was like, yes, it's time. We got your Stagecoach Mary, we got your Eagle Lady, we got your Ada Blackjack, we got your Mercer's Bells, and of course we got your Nellie Cashman. Damn right you do. Yeah. And let's see, what else do we want to tell them about Patreon? If you and go to patreon.com slash Ouija Broad. Uh, sorry, I'm just going to talk over you and, do it. and carry on. Edit me out. Uh, patreon.com slash Ouija Broad so you can get old episodes. In fact, I would recommend everybody, if you're ever like, man, I'm so bummed that they went to an every other week schedule, hop on OuijaBroads.com. Go to the button that says Episodes, and then I want you to scroll all the way down. So you're going to go through all the, at this time, God, what are we at? 93, 90, 94 episodes? 96. Uh, dang! Okay, then you're going to go all the way down. And once you go past our very first episodes, you're going to find a section that says Guest Spots, Lost Episodes, and More. So what you will find yeah. when you go to that is the other shows that we've been on. And other stuff. So let me tell you a little bit about it. So what I was listening to the other day that was making me very happy was when we went on a show that's all about friendship called Best Forevers. Our episode is called Cosmically Correct, because that's how we feel about our friendship. (laughs) That's very fun. If you've ever been like, how do they actually meet? Why are they so weird together? Mm. I don't know that this is going to help, but at least it'll give you more data points. Uh, (laughs) There's... (laughs) There's Devin. The, this is the most recent one. Devin ghosting. Uh, Devin ghosting? Yes, I was. Ooh. That was an accident. <laughs> a woman. It is 8.30 and you are not that drunk. Are you having a stroke? Well, I had one cider. Yeah. Devin ghosting yeah. on Insanely Haunted talking about the Ghost Adventures episode of the Lizzie Borden House. Mm-hmm. Very wonderful. Thank you. I yeah, went shout out on, to Max and Cassie. They're fucking rad. Shout out. Okay. I went on Historical Hotties yes. back a while ago. Fall 2017. Man, that feels I know. Like a long That was our ago. first guesting, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. We were, like, really new. Babies. And babies. I, they were doing a category of the Old West. So we mm-hmm. talked about who is the historical hottie. They have a very structured thing. Like, they rate them on, like, different categories, and you've got to pick a number, and it's it's very organized. And it basically reminds me of, like, a less aggressive version of Fuck, Mary Kill. Yeah. Where it, like, gives you the framework to make a really passionate case for what you argue about, but you don't have to, like, say you're going to kill anybody. And I love that part. I do appreciate that. It's just yeah. the order in which I would mate with you. There you go. So I stood up for Josie Earp, so Wyatt's wife, and uh, the sisters Nelson presented Annie Oakley, the sharpshooter, and John Ware, who was a legend of Calgary as a black cowboy. So really interesting stuff to dig into there. Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to put all this in there, but I feel like I have never really gone through all of it. No, I think it's great to do. It's really good. Talk about uh, Nostalgia Magazine, unless you want me to bring it up. I will get to that. We've got more episodes to get God through. God damn, oddly. do we? 
So I just titled this one, Liz Has a Day Job. Someone reached out and I went and talked about some of the stuff that I do looking into health policy and people with disabilities, Mm -hmm. talking about health insurance, talking about Medicaid work requirements. Because of the nature of the gig, the Medicaid work requirement stuff is fairly out of date at this point. But you can hear me talk about that on Healthcare Dialogue from Spokane Public Radio, KYRS. And then, of course, if you want to get in on the Patreon, we have these seances. And I've never really talked about what all they are. Now, there's one that I have to find because I know we did an episode where I told you about the nurse who killed the hitman and, like, two other women who destroyed their attackers. And it's not on this list. So I have to find it. Hopefully I'll find it by the time people actually see this or hear this. Seance number one, we talked about intuitive readings that we'd had and talk Mm -hmm. about, like, what I put here that we talked about is lucid dreaming, bullshit situations, lizard ownership, sad flowers, charismatic megafauna, and wind. So I feel like I need to re-listen to that because that sounds like a a Stefan bit or something on (laughs) SNL. They have lizard ownership and sad flowers. It sounds like everything we talk about every episode. (laughs) You could apply that to all of them. Yes. Then we've got Sans number two, or whatever number, depending on where this nurse kills him yeah, right? goes. I focused on the Spokane Street Hotel murders. Yeah. Interesting. Sans number three, I named after a quote that I think is in my top five Devon quotes of all time, which hmm. is, we can afford that shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought we could. <laughs> That's when we played the Oregon Trail. And I listened to that one the other day and it made me happy. Uh, seance number four is when we just kind of churned through a bunch of topics that we want to talk about, including the Faceless Romer, Mel's Hole, and Seattle's Umbrella Man. Mm-hmm. And then we did one just the other day about depictions of the Northwest that we like, which cryptid we'd be, and our zodiac signs. Yeah. So just if you're ever like, "Ooh, I really want to listen to an episode," but I'm not—I've listened to all these two recently. Go to weejabrods.com backslash episodes forward slash. Yeah. I don't know which slash that is. Um. Slash. Episodes. Slash. Slash them episodes. And get in on some of that stuff. Uh, if you're looking more for written word stuff, WeJabrods.com is also good for that. I've written up a couple cases, including F. Lewis Clark and the Furcrest phone hack. I prefer lemons, that thing. Mm-hmm. And you should really be subscribing to Nostalgia Magazine, where yeah. I am writing up some weird history. Do you want to get in on that sometime? You're welcome to. Oh my god, I would love to. Is that an option? Yeah. I'm so oh, much course. better at writing shit than writing it and then remembering it to tell you in an episode. Yes, let's do that for the next one. Let's pick something good and weird for Spokane. Okay. And that's the first one. I, I <laughs> My mom doesn't listen to the show, but she did get Nostalgia Magazine and put it up on the fridge. So now I've really made it. That's so sweet. You got the <laughs> fridge, buddy. I got the fridge. Yeah. Oh, that's the front page of the family. <laughs> it is the front page of the family. Oh. <laughs> uh, all right, so those are places where you can go to get more of what we're doing, but we'll be back in a couple weeks to tell you more stuff, mm-hmm. and you know what we want you to do. You do know. We want you to live weird. To die weird. And stay weird. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.